everyone. It's just so good to be back with you. I took a little staycation and now we're back together this first Sunday in September. Uh, those of you who are members of Pacoma First, you should have received your communion kit and be prepared on this day to do communion at home. I have consecrated the elements and sent you an at-home kept. I hope that those of you who are coming with us who are not members will be soon. And as we look forward to this Sunday, let us remember that the question for today is, do you know Jesus? Our scripture lesson is found in the New Testament gospel of Matthew chapter 16 verses 13 through 18. And I want you to listen now or look at your own word, but certainly listen now as you hear the word of the Lord. Matthew 16, 13 through 18. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And he said to them, his disciples, his church, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Oh, and Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. 
And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The word of God for the people of God. Won't you pray with me? Almighty God, as I stand before your people and my people, won't you please consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope and my will be lost in thine. In the name of Jesus, I pray these words. Amen. Now, beloved, here is the question. Do you know Jesus? Beloved, when it comes to the important matters of faith, just sometimes you cannot see the trees for looking at the forest. By, and by this I mean it's just so easy to get so occupied and obsessed with excess non-essentials, trivial stuff that we overlook the basic things that really matter. And so our scripture lesson reminds us of the most basic and most important truth of our faith, namely that Jesus is the Christ the son of the living God. Now the confession that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, is more than just a confession. It's a solid foundation of Christian faith and Christian living. It, you see, to be a Christian means not only to make this confession, but it also means to live this confession. Everything we say and do in this world should be a demonstration of our belief that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Can I get an amen? Amen. You see, a confession is a declaration of what you believe to be truth. And there ought to be something in our lives that we can stand on, that we will speak out for. And whatever that something is, we need to be willing and ready to declare it before anybody. But today, but today, you know what? I think that one of the saddest, most pitiful situation there is in the world today is the situation of somebody who thinks that there is nothing or nobody worthwhile to believe in. Some people don't even believe in themselves. They don't believe in the future. They don't believe in God. And they just don't believe in anything worth believing in. Stop putting your faith more in people than you do in God, beloved. So consequently, they become like ships without an anchor, just drifting along without any direction or purpose, soon to be shipwrecked during one of the inevitable storms of life. Well, this is what happens when we try to live life without faith in God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Child of God, as Christians, our faith is Jesus. Jesus is not only the one we place our faith in. He is 
our faith, period. And listen to me. When somebody asks us what we believe in, we don't have to give them a long speech or complicated explanation. We don't have to answer one word, Jesus. Well, however, sometimes as Christians, you know what? We just talk too much about how different we are from other Christians. And we talk about nonsensical things. Methodists talk about how different we are from Baptists. Baptists talk about how different they are from Pentecostals. Pentecostals talk about how different they are from everybody else. We divide into Episcopalians and Catholics and Lutherans, disciples. We divide into liberal, progressive, conservative, fundamental everyone with their own set of things that make us different. And the only thing that really matters is the one thing we all confess in common. The only person is Jesus. And I run across people many times who do not know that the denominations that I have named are all Christians. You know, people ask, what faith are you? And people answer back, Church of God and Christ? Oh, what faith are you? United Methodists? Listen, Church of God and Christ and Methodists are not your faith. Because both believe in the Trinity, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Both are of the same faith, the Christian faith. All churches, listen, that believe in God in three persons are a Christian faith church. We need to stop fighting and join forces around our common belief in Jesus the Christ. I don't blame people. People stop going to denominational churches because we were more denominational than Christians. I said it. We talk more about relationship between lay and clergy than we talk about our relationship with Jesus. It's ridiculous. But my faith is the Christian faith because I believe in Jesus. Ah, beloved, our common faith declares that Jesus is the Christ. So that means that Jesus is the Savior the anointed one. Jesus comes to save us from a state of disharmony with God. Jesus comes to save us from the penalty of past mistakes. Jesus comes to save us from a misguided life and, and loss of direction. He comes to save us from the darkness of despair. He comes to save us from the enemy. Jesus comes to save us from ourselves and others. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is the savior of the world. Talk about Jesus, church of God. But listen now, in order for this to really mean anything, well, you have to be able to say more than Jesus is the savior of the world. You must be able to say in addition that Jesus is my savior. That's what you need to say. Jesus is my savior. You have to be able to declare that he has done great things for me. You, 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 you must be able to say he has delivered me. He has shown me. He has blessed me. Because he is my savior. You see, many 
of us know things about Jesus, but the true goal is to know Jesus for yourself. Somebody needs to say amen, amen. Let me share this with you. I, I had a wonderful white professor at Perkins School of Theology in Dallas. He was a New Testament scholar. He had earned a PhD in the study of Bible with emphasis on the New Testament. That means that he was an expert on Jesus. And in his introduction to the glass, this is what he said. He said, I am a New Testament scholar known around the world as such. That means, he said, that I know a whole lot about Jesus. Then he said, but I also know this. If I want to know Jesus, that I need to associate myself with a black church because black people know Jesus. Isn't it a good thing in this day and time to hear some good about black people? It's our gift to the world. Our knowledge of Jesus. Don't ever forget it. And so here in our scripture lesson text, uh, this morning, this, this day, uh, we see that the disciples of Jesus had occasion to learn because they had a teachable spirit. So one day when Jesus had led them to the district of Caesarea Philippi, a region beyond Galilee at the northern end of Palestine, uh, the lesson began when Jesus asked his disciples, we are now his disciples. He asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Now understand this. Jesus does not ask the question because he was curious about all the rumors circulating about him. He, he knew more about what the people were saying about him than the disciples did. But Jesus wanted to test his own disciples' ability to separate the truth from the rumor. Oh, celebrate the truth from the rumor. Beloved, beloved, almighty God knows that the ability to separate the truth from the rumor is an ability we still need today. Some of us live off of a steady diet of rumors. Talking about the church now. It seems like 90% of everything we know is a rumor. Some of us hear so many rumors. We're suffering from a disease I call rheumatitis. The, the church is full of that disease. Well, just look like church folk today. The disciples knew all the rumors. Here we go. This disciple saying, well, Lord, now, some say you John the Baptist. Others, they say you Elijah. And then there are some that say you Jeremiah, one of the prophets. It was clear to see that the masses, the people outside the church, were confused about who Jesus was, just as they are today. And, oh, child of God, do you know what? Even more today, you must be careful who you listen to. Don't listen to people who have never been to church or not a member of a church, have never read or studied the Bible or sat under the teaching of a pastor. Don't let them tell you about Jesus. Because popular rumor today has it that Jesus was just a sweet G. 
gentle person who got along with everybody. And that is not all the whole truth. Yes, Jesus was and is today a wonderful, caring, compassionate person who can be gentle. <laughs> oh, but Jesus is also a person who was and is today. So the word of God teaches a strong man, a leader, a scholar with the scriptures, fearless and full of wisdom. He was a radical, a rebel, a preacher, a healer, a miracle maker, and a wonder worker. Jesus possessed the holy boldness that every preacher must have. He took on the people of his day and caused out their sin. Oh, everybody wants to talk about God's grace, but somebody needs to talk about God's justice. And you know, you can't be liked by everybody and then be crucified on a cold, rugged cross. That's an oxymoron. Jesus was a fighter for the poor and the oppressed. He was a fighter against evil and he paid the price for our sins. Don't hang around people with rheumatitis because it's contagious. But listen, listen. The disciples of Jesus could not afford to be confused about who Jesus was. You know, you have to be careful who's in your inner circle, beloved. So, so Jesus asked them, his homies, his homies, the people who should have known him best, but who do you say that I am? Oh, it was a question designed to force them to search their hearts for what they believed about Jesus. And look at this. Look at this. Out of all the disciples who had spent time with Jesus, only one spoke up. I'm telling you. And that one was Simon Peter. Peter. Audacious, big mouth, impetuous, impulsive, streetwise, gangster-like Peter. Peter, 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 he's my favorite disciple, Peter. It was Peter who spoke up before anyone else. And there in the region of Caesarea Philippi, oh, about 110 miles from the holy city, the apostle Peter made the most significant and meaningful statement he had ever made and the most significant and confession in both sacred and secular history. Peter said, I know you, Jesus. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, doing all the rumors. Peter somehow knew the truth. And the truth is always stronger than the rumor. Oh, the rumor may be more widespread. The rumor may be better known. The rumor may be juicy and hot. But the truth is stronger. And the truth will always prevail. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. You know, I have been subject of many rumors, lies, and exaggerations. And the truth is that most preachers have had that experience. People talking what they don't know about us. And my truth is this. If you want to know the truth about me, ask me. 
if I care enough about you and what you think of me and what you say, then I'll tell you the truth. The thing is, I might not think enough about you to tell you anything. But all of us need an inner circle like Jesus had. People who know a little something, something about us. It's people who know our heart and people who will stand by us because they know our heart. All preachers and pastors need a Peter. Well, beloved, one reason that the truth always wins is that the truth is from above. Therefore, Jesus said to Peter, Blessed are you, Peter, son of Jonah. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. You ain't learned this in school. But my father who is in heaven. You see, the truth that Peter spoke was a divine revelation. A divine revelation from God himself. And this is why we can always trust the truth to prevail. And not only truth, but righteousness and justice as well. Because truth, righteousness, and justice comes from God. You want revelation knowledge today? Then you need to know God. And you need to read the word. You need to listen to the preacher preach and get filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. It's in the Word. We're living in a time where nobody knows but Jesus. We need some revelation knowledge. Okay, so, but not only is this confession the truth set from God. It is the foundation of our faith and lives as Christians. And that's why Jesus said, on this rock, meaning the confession that Jesus is the Christ, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, now hear him, he said, his church. <laughs> not your church, or my church, Jesus' church. You might want to know, oh child of God, what does Jesus mean by the gates of hell? Well, he means that which causes confusion. He means that which causes destruction. He means that which generates despair. That which causes trouble, keeps up mess, loves to roll around the dirt and the filth of gossip. He means that which causes stressful situations. What Jesus calls the church. What did Jesus call the church? He called it his church. You can't mess with God's church and love God. And you can't call it your church and love God. And in a time like this, you need to find a church home for yourself. Stop tripping and join it. And that's the truth. Oh, but listen to me. Listen to me. Hell may attack the church, and it does. Uh, the bigger the church, the bigger the attack, because it's the big churches that cause more trouble to the enemy. <laughs> Hell may attack the church, little, big, all of them, but it can't defeat the church, not the church. Hell may assail the church, but it cannot prevail, not over the church. 
Hell may fight the church, but hell will never win the battle because the church is founded on the rock, which is Christ Jesus. The testimony that Jesus of Nazareth is the Christ, the Son of God, is the solid, secure, and unshakable foundation of Christian faith and Christian living. It is the rock upon which we stand. When you can't do anything else, you just stand on the rock as long as our lives and our faith are founded upon the rock of Jesus. We too shall be solid, secure, and unshakable. Now don't get it, don't get it wrong. You need to be a member of a church today. Ah, oh, my, my dearly beloved, the question today is this. Do you know Jesus? I'll say it again. Many people know about Jesus, but the question is, do you know Jesus for yourself? Oh, I boldly say, I know Jesus. He walks with me, and he, and he talks with me, and then he, he tells me that I am his own, and the joy we share as we just tarry there, none other has ever known. My testimony today is this, like the songwriter says, Hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All on the ground is sinking sand. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. And then another songwriter says it like this. In times like these, in times like these, in times like these, you need a in times like these, you need an anchor. So I want you to be very sure now. Be very sure that your anchor holds and grips the solid rock like our black ancestors. Because they knew that the rock was Jesus. They knew he's the only one. This rock is Jesus, the only one. So be very sure now. Be very sure. Jesus. Jesus is the center of my joy. Jesus. Jesus is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Jesus. Jesus. Every day I'm falling more in love with Jesus. Jesus. Now my beloved, oh my beloved, I pray that this will from the Lord has blessed you and yours. And so the most important thing I will do is I open the doors of the church and I invite you to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's what these times are saying. You better be ready. And if you have never given your life to Jesus, do it today. Because doing that will determine where you spend eternity. Now that's the truth. And if you would like to join us here at Pecona First UMC, please write or text or email and we will respond. And also, I do hope that you 
would hit the thumbs up button. It's like saying amen if you enjoyed this service and subscribe to our channel. And I also offer you an opportunity to give to this ministry. So I, I ask that you go to the website and give him all your tithes with a cheerful heart. And remember now to spread the word of God by sharing this video. Until next time, until next time, my dearly beloved, make it your intention to join the Church of Jesus Christ because it will be the best decision of your life. I say to everybody in this strange time, I'm not ready to go, but I'm prepared. And so now I ask that in the name of Jesus, like these we need a savior in times like these we need an anchor be very sure be very sure Your anchor holds and grips the solid, the solid rock. Mm, this rock is Jesus. Yes, He's the one. This rock is Jesus. The only one Be very sure Be very sure Your anger holds And grips the solid Ooh, the solid Rock. In times like these, we need an anchor. In times like these, oh, we need a savior. the solid
solid rock.